Good morning, man. Hey, uh, just a couple of, of announcements. I originally started this out as five must wins, and then it went to seven. Uh, it's going to have to go on to eight. Uh, I was thinking of another one yesterday. Uh, community would be uh, another one that I kind of want to add to that, the importance of community. Because I think as men of God, we're, we're men who uh, sometimes get isolated, and we get by ourselves, and we think, well, I don't need that anymore. I don't need... To, to be a part of the community, whether it be church, whether it be Bravehearts, whether it be Life Group, whether it, whatever it may be, sometimes it's, it, it, it gets more and more difficult to be a part of community. And I said this Sunday in Sunday's sermon, you know, if Satan had a strategy, it's not always Satan. Sometimes it's just our, our mental faculties or lack thereof. But if Satan had a strategy, it would be to single us out, to get us alone because we're far more vulnerable alone than we are together. So as men... Uh, being West Texas men especially, it's real easy to, to find ourselves alone. It's real easy to think, well, you know, I'm just going to pull my, myself up by my bootstraps and do things myself, my way or the highway. And so I'm going to add that one. That's not today. Today, we're on number seven. Actually, goodness. We're on number six. <laughs> I've got seven must-wins, and i got part six. That's what I read. Uh, so we're on number six. Next week, uh, number seven, and then the following week we'll do number eight uh, that I'm, I'm going to add. And, and if you have anything else that you feel like is a must-win, I started to bring some cards in this morning just to have you write it down. What are some must-wins that you see that men need to, need to win in life? Uh, today, I, uh, this is going to be a little bit redundant because I wanted to put stewardship in here because we steward our lives, we're given the gift of life, and we've got to steward our life well. So uh, I've been through the authority of Scripture. I believe that's our first must win. You've got to settle that in your heart because something has to direct you to your true north. And then we did faith righteousness. Of course, we've got to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Then I talked about forgiveness. Now, the forgiveness deal, I'm, I'm still talking about forgiveness because uh, many of you said that spoke to, spoke to you and uh, you never realized that you could release it in that way and in those ways. So uh, at some point in time, we probably need to come back and unpack that a little more fully. It's hard to do that in 30 minutes worth of teaching. Um, then we talked about worship. I believe every man has to learn to worship things other than themselves. <laughs> And when I say things, that's not even a true statement. They need to learn to worship the one thing, God, uh, and, and understand that everything else is after our worship as well. And so then we talked about true faith last week, and today we're going to talk about uh, stewardship, stewarding our lives well, stewarding our finances well in order. Now, I changed this up from what we did here about uh, probably two months ago and, and changed this, this stewardship up just a little bit get through some new scriptures in here so it should be fresh for each and every one of us so to understand stewardships to understand genesis 1 1 in the beginning god created so when we have an understanding that in the beginning this goes back to our first must win the authority of scripture in the beginning god created you didn't <laughs> me either it's not my life it's his life and so we're going to start right there in the beginning god create created so everything from the life we live to the things we do with it should belong to God. Every moment does, and we'll see that as we return back to God, as we return to God, one day everyone will give an account, and uh, we'll know that, wow, this life really wasn't supposed to be my own. 
Join me in a word of prayer. Father God, I just pray, Lord, now as we unpack this and unfold it, Father, just give us new revelation, revelation to win and be great stewards with the life that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. The term stewardship means this, the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So that means that basically stewardship is being able to manage something well. It doesn't mean that it's yours. It just means that it's your responsibility for a time, for a season. It's like your children. When your children were given to you, you have a season to raise your children or to raise your child. That's just kind of the way it works. But, but really, as you raise them, we tend to think they belong to us. We think they're ours, but you find out about the time they're 15, they don't think that, right? And so we're just managing them in some ways for a season. And one of the great ways that we can check our hearts on stewardship is not just, just thinking of, of children, but also thinking of our life, thinking of our finances, everything. But uh, think about how, how you look at or possibly how you speak into situations you ever th say things like this my job requires too much of my energy well, i said that last night <laughs> it's my money i'll spend it how i want it's my life i'll do what i want to with it i don't want to spend my time doing that i said this a couple of weeks ago that that it, and this was in my message on sunday morning but uh that we don't find time for god we make time for god and there's a big difference between those two. If you're always trying to find time for God, you won't find it. Everything else has your time. You've got to make time for God, just like making time to get up this morning and make it a priority in your life. So Jesus says some uncomfortable things referring to each one of these statements. He says, go sell what you have and give it to the poor. Well, that doesn't make me feel good. I worked hard for it. I don't know that the poor did. Maybe some of them did. I don't know. How hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. And he goes on to say, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. So Jesus really confronts us about life and whether or not life even belongs to us. That it belongs to him, that we're simply managing these things, stewarding them well. Man cannot serve two masters. Jesus said that, for he will love the one and hate the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon or God and money. So let me ask you this question. Does your heart, or does your heart belong to you or does it belong to God? Does your life belong to you? Does it belong to God? Because what we're seeing today is that when people don't steward the life they've been given in the way that God intended, there, it creates major conflict in their life. American Psychological Association, look these up yesterday. 70% of Americans say that money and finances are a significant stress. I'm just talking about finances here. That's 76% of Americans. Now, this is interesting because Americans are in the top 1% to 2% of wealth in the world. And 76%, almost 80% of Americans say that money is a significant stress in their life 70 percent of divorces 70 percent guys cite that money was a significant factor in their breakup 80 percent of couples say that they hide purchases or debt from each other 80 percent of couples say that they hide purchases or debt from each other and did you know that that guys by the way 
uh, are far more uh, the perpetrators of this than women by about 75%. <laughs> anyway, maybe you knew that. I didn't. George Barna, his research shows only 5 to 9% of Protestants tithe. Now, this is interesting. Only 5 to 9% of Protestants tithe, 2% for Catholics. Yeah, this shows consumption is more important uh, to us than feeding the world. It's, it's interesting. I know this is kind of tough to hear, but just stay with me here. This is the tension part of the message, right? So what's at stake if we don't win? Everything. You'll see that money, uh, oftentimes we feel that money may be our source and provider, that it may be our sustainer in this life, that it, it may be the sustainer of our marriage, our health, our integrity. I mean, we're told that if we don't have insurance, uh, I had to take wait into the ER, what, Sunday night, and then last week I was taking, uh, which one did I take last week? Emma, that's right. Emma into the ER last, uh, the week before, right? And it's 200 bucks pop. And I don't have insurance. So, you know, you walk in there and you got to be seen. You got to take them in there. And then, you know, <laughs> they get checked out. And I tried to tell them, hey, Dad, Dad could have told you you're all right. But they don't listen to me. I got to go pay 200 bucks. Anyway, whole deal is if we're not careful, man, see, we'll, we'll think that, hey, if we don't have the money, right, uh, that, that we're not provided for, we're not taken care of. We don't. And, and that's just kind of the way, the way it works. So here's the thing. We'll wind up lacking peace. When it comes to finances and we'll reach we'll stretch we'll we'll uh, try our best to to make more to and and we'll become far more selfish and we'll instead of be givers we'll be takers and that's not stewarding what god has given us well see marriage or money is not your source and provided for your marriage your health your integrity uh it, it, we've got to have it we've got to work hard i believe for it but we have to be careful with it when we give to God, we're taking our hands off what already belongs to Him. When we give ourselves, when we give our worship, when we give our finances, when we give our, our monies, however that looks in your life, then, then here's, here's what happens. That, that we become givers and our heart stays pure and we steward well. Remember, stewardship is the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So Jesus talks a lot about this. You, you remember Jesus talks about... Uh, 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 he, he has a couple of, of parables. He talks about the lost son and in Luke chapter 15 and what happens. Uh, he, he, one of the, the youngest son comes up to his dad and says, hey, I want my inheritance and I want it now. And I like that boy because at least he says, I'm ready to get out in life and do something. I'm going to try, try it out. I'm going to go entangled, but he entangled with the wrong things. And he thought the money was simply his his to do what he wanted he thought his life was his to do what he wanted to do and of course he wound up eating with the pigs and then the next thing you know uh, he comes back home unfortunately the father welcomes him you see his his he was supposed to steward well that that inheritance was to be entrusted to him so let's talk about this for just a moment most of us live our lives this way we spend and i said this what two months ago we spend we pay debt we pay taxes we save if we can, and we give if we can. That's kind of the order that we tend to steward finances, if you will. We spend, pay debt, pay taxes, save, give, and finally give if we can. Two things govern what percentage goes towards these five categories, and here they are, priorities and self-control. 
You ever lack self-control? You don't have to testify, but even in your finances. So uh, sometimes, you know, yesterday I went to get a salad and I wound up at McDonald's with a quarter pounder. I was like, how did this happen? I actually came here to get a salad. And the lady said, oh, we don't have salads today. I said, great, give me a double quarter pounder then <laughs> and throw some fries in there with it. You know, that, it's just that easy. It happens, right? And, and so this is what happens. But these two things, these two things govern what percentage goes towards those five categories I just spoke about, priorities and self-control. You know, we are, we are told to discipline ourselves. Paul tells Timothy, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. You've got to discipline yourself. If you work out, it's a form of disciplining yourself. How you eat is a form of disciplining yourself. And that means that you will steward or you're beginning to steward your life well, right? Um, so if we don't win this, then this is what happens. It amounts to me first, me later, me second, uh, America third, because America has to get its taxes right, God and others last. I mean, just think about this. If you spend, you pay debt, you pay taxes, you save, you give, if you can, then that means me first, me second, America third, God and others last. And that's not the way that God intended us to live our lives as Christian men. The me first approach, it shuts out God. Worse, it is offensive because we end up offering God and others our leftovers. You ever do that? Uh, there's a country and western song. I, I heard it the other day, but he's talking about and throw an extra five in the plate. I don't even remember the song. I just heard him say that. And I said, well, you sorry dog. I mean, I, I, that used to be me, man. I'd throw an extra five in there and think, man, I feel good. But of course, the extra five was my only five. So <laughs> maybe I was giving it my all. and I just didn't know it. But it, it, it can be offensive because we end up offering God and others are leftovers. But that doesn't stop us from asking God to provide, bless, provide work, sell, sell our houses, pay our tuition, all of that stuff, right? We want God, it's like I said Sunday, we want God, Jesus, who is the head, to come down to our circumstances instead of us raising our circumstances up to his standard. We don't lower his standard based upon our circumstances. And men, I'm going to tell you something, immaturity in Christianity does that all the time. We're always saying, God, come fix our wreck. Come fix our mess. Come fix our, our inability to steward life well. And so we're looking to bring God, and it's not that God, Jesus, as the head, wouldn't come into your situation. He's saying, I never meant for you to be in that situation. As long as he's the head and we are the body, we are to raise ourselves up to his standard instead of always asking him to come down to ours. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul makes it clear that this is how he says that we are to be built up into Christ, Christ as the head. And so that's how we, how we walk into maturity. Deuteronomy 10, 14. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. So here, <laughs> what do we find out? This is not just Deuteronomistic theology. That's a huge word to simply mean uh, that <laughs> Deuteronomy has some interesting things in it. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth right if they knock one out you get to knock one out that that's and sometimes we need to come back to maybe that big word but what he also says is look the lord your god to the lord your god belong the heavens and everything in the heavens 
everything on the earth, everything in it, right? So we're simply passing through. We need to be great stewards of what God has given us. Malachi 3, 7, you've heard this. Um, this is very popular, but from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from me. My statutes, you have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? And he starts right here. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me. The whole nation of you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. In other words, I own all of this and you need to steward it well. A tithe, like I've said before, is 10%. Israel had two tithes, one for the Levites, so the Levitical priesthood and all of that, and one for a feast in Jerusalem. Every third year, the second tithe was kept at home to distribute to the poor, and this helped them to understand to put God and others, what? First. That's how you steward well. Put God and others first. You guys are quiet this morning. So, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and wealth. Do not worry, saying then, what will we eat, or what will we drink? Verse 31 here. What will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things should be added to you. There it is. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. You know, I, I, I love to, to tell this story. This, this is kind of a, another funny one. Uh, you know, there's a man who went to his pastor and said, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I need to make $50 a week, and I promise I will tie out $5. The pastor said, okay, let's pray. He gets the job. After he received it, he wanted a $500 a week. So the pastor says, well, I'll pray for you. And he says, well, I'll, I'll pay the, the $50 tithe you know that's that's just how I'm, I'm going to do it so after he received that he wanted a five thousand dollar per week job so his pastor you know began to pray for him and prayed for him and prayed for him and he received it and after a couple of months he he showed back up and he said look pastor it was easy to get five dollars a week it was easy to give fifty dollars a week but five hundred dollars a week is a lot to give to anyone or any organization i don't know if i can give that much pastor and the pastor replied he said well let's pray god Please give this man his $50 per week job back. Sometimes, sometimes, men, that's just how it is. I mean, God wants us to keep him first, his interest first. We are simply stewarding what he's given us. Prioritizing God's interest financially is an invitation to his activity in your life. It's an invitation to steward and steward well. The direction priority of my money reflects the direction and priority of my heart. To honor God, our priorities must represent His priorities. Taking our cue from His Son to love God and to love others. See, when, when we learn how to steward and steward well, then what happens is God becomes a priority in our life. And we show that, not just through our finances, it, we, th we show it through our time. Getting up this morning is stewardship. It's stewarding your time and who you are. Going to life groups, stewarding your time, stewarding who you are. It's loving God, loving others. Coming to church, loving God, loving others. Right? This is what he expects of us. This is what he anticipates for us. Now, over the past couple years anyway, I've talked about this process of giving, saving, and living. Now, if you look at your finances, learn to be a giver. If you look at your life, learn to be a giver. Jesus said, I came to serve and not to be served and to give my life as a ransom for many. 
Now, this is important in stewardship. So what Jesus is saying is I came to serve. In other words, I came to steward and steward well to show my love for my heavenly father, to show my love to others. Now, if we are the body of Christ and if we are growing up into the head, men, that means that we should begin to steward and learn what it means to give. The greatest among you will be the servant of all, will be a giver of his life, will, will do great things with their life for others so that every body part will function correctly. Remember Sunday's message I was talking about how we're knit together. I even did trace the blood through the heart, which I surprised myself. You know, I got more excited than the church did over that. But, but every, everything has to function together. And when you're not functioning in the way that you're called to function, it can, it can cause someone else not to function in the way that they should be functioning. Or something has to make up the difference. I'll say it this way. Someone always has to be responsible for someone else's irresponsibility. Someone has to be responsible for someone else's lack of stewardship. Not just financially, but in life. In life, come on. Man, I mean, if your children are old enough, what happens when they're irresponsible? Who pays that, your child? No, we try. Oh, you're going to mow the grass 10 times this week. Well, that still doesn't put money in the bank for you. You know, you still got to pay the attorney. I'm not saying I've been there. I'm just saying I've seen it, okay? But what happens? We, we wind up having to pay for someone else's irresponsibility. And this is why God tells us, hey, learn to be a give, giver. Learn how to help others be more than they can be. Learn how to teach your children the, the, the importance of responsibility that they, they, they wouldn't have to one day uh, be draining on you, but would get out there and, and, and bless you with a great life. I, I like to say this, raise your kids not, not that you would love them. Raise your kids in a way that other people will love them, <laughs> you know, and that they'll love other people, where other people will like them and that they'll like other people. Learn to be a giver in all that you do. Like I said earlier in the message, Barna statistics show about 5 to 9% of Protestants tithe. Catholics, about 2%. This means 90% of us would rather eat than feed. We would rather consume than give. That means about 9% fund 90% of what we do. You ever think of that? It's not supposed to be that way in the body of Christ. The other thing is, is once you learn how to be a giver, whether it's through finances and through your time and all of these ways, stewarding life well, here's what happens, then, then we wind up coming to a place where we can save. I, I say, hey, write the first check to God, write the second check, check to you. It may not be much, but write that second check to you. Save no matter how small, because it becomes a habit. And then learn to live on the rest. Adjust. Whatever that looks like for you and whatever uh, life has given you in that way, steward it and steward it well. I like to think percentages, not just dollars. How much of my percentage uh, of my income goes here? What percentage goes here? What percentage goes here? Same thing with my life. We do this and we don't even realize it. I was thinking yesterday. Was yesterday I left early in the morning and I got in um, early in the morning. So uh, you figure that out. <laughs> I got in just before midnight last night. So I didn't see my kids, didn't see them this morning when I get up. So what am I doing? I'm, start, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, okay, uh, I've got to steward my time today where I see my children 
some way that's going to happen today, folks. Even if you go in the hospital, I'm probably not coming with you today, right? Because you start, you start figuring that out. It's not money. Now I'm talking about stewarding time, about uh, prioritizing my life. All of us have to do it. Of course, we've got to jump in the ditch and get the, the mule out, if you will, at times. But then there's other times where we need to realize that God has given us some time, one for each other. We love God. We love one another. That's how it's supposed to work. That's when we know we're stewarding well. So in landing, I would say this. Keep an eye on your life. Learn to look at your life. And look at every aspect of your life. And one of the the easy ways to do this is journal. If you will journal, it will tell you where you spend your time, where you spend your money, and watch this, even where you spend your love. And sometimes it'll even show you where you spend your hate. If you have hate in your life. You'll see it. It'll keep coming up. Keep praying for that person. <laughs> Hate's a strong word. We don't use that in my house. But it will reveal that stuff to you. Learn to journal. Journal your prayers. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be uh, difficult. You don't have to write it thinking someone else one day will read it. That's how I tend to write. I tend to write everything thinking one day somebody's going to read it. And then people read it and they're like, I don't, why would I wait anyway? <laughs> so don't write it that way, right? But, but journaling is one of the best ways to look at how you're stewarding your life. I'm not going to give you any other application than that this morning. It's a great way because you can reflect. And once you have a 20-year-old journal, you can really go back and see how well you're doing today as opposed to yesterday. All right, man? That's what I got for you this morning. Father God, just be with our men as we go through our questions. Lord, help us to steward our lives, our finances. Father, uh, life is, is a test of stewardship. It really is. So Lord, help us to win this as men of God. In Jesus' name, amen.